Welcome to episode 33 of the Empowering Ability Podcast. Welcome to the Empowering Ability Podcast, where we get you and your loved ones impacted by disability the information needed to live a full and meaningful life. Now here's your host, Eric Gall. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Empowering Ability Podcast, folks. Today we're going to jump right into it. Our guest is Tony Smith, and Tony uh, hails from Giel, Belgium. And you might have heard uh, me talk about Giel previously on the podcast when I had Jackie Goldstein, um, actually out of the United States, but uh, she's a researcher and did a lot of research on community care, specifically looking at the community care system in uh, Giel, Belgium, and uh, Tony brings in her real life experience on what it's like to be a foster family. So Tony, for the last twenty years, has brought in boarders into her home, and her and her husband's lives, I think Tony would say, have been enriched by the experience. And Tony comes on the podcast today to share a little bit more about how the system works, uh, the family um, foster care system works in Giel, Belgium, and to share her experience. So I think you're really going to enjoy this show. If you want to learn more about Giel, Belgium, you can listen to episode 19 with Jackie Goldstein on community care. But uh, here's Tony. Welcome on our podcast. Hey, Tony. Welcome to the Empowering Ability Podcast. Thank you. Hi, Eric. It's uh, nice to see, see you and uh, I hope to share some information about the OPZ and the foster family care in Gale with you. Yeah, so excited to for you to share that and and to uh, to learn more about it, Tony. Um, so, Tony, um, you and your husband are uh, a foster family. Maybe you could explain a little bit about the OPZ system in in Gale, Belgium, and a little bit about foster families, just, just so our audience has an understanding of kind of how the system's set up and how it works. Okay. Uh, well, it started uh, a long time ago in Gale when there was a certain Sindimfna, that's a, a legend, by the way, that came to Gale and started caring for sick people uh, in the church in Gale. Those were either mentally ill or very sick people that, were, that the families couldn't take care of. That grew and from that, uh, the OPZ started, and uh, the people that are, or the patients, their their patients become boarders. If they they have uh, about six weeks uh, in an orientation home, uh, that they uh, that the OPZ checks if they're able to. Uh, function in a regular family uh, as much as possible. Of course, there are always problems, but uh, if they're if they don't steal or whatever, and uh, the checks for about six weeks, if they pass the test there, if they can do simple chores, uh, can get along with pets uh, or whatever. Uh, the OPZ uh, tries to find a foster family for them. We're asked 
if if they find a border for 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 the families who are asked uh, beforehand uh, if we'd like to talk to these people, and uh, they get a, a few days kind of a test run, see if they're suitable for the family, because it's something you don't do that for just a day or a week. Uh, you try to receive these these patients into your home as you would your own son or daughter. And the idea is to to keep them. And uh, for many, many, many years, (laughs) not just to uh, say, okay, uh, six weeks and say, okay, that's been enough. Uh, It's the idea to to give these people a home, a real home, and you can't do that in six weeks. Uh, That takes a while. And uh, we've been very lucky. Uh, We've had, we call them borders because they're not patients to us, they're borders. Uh, Not even borders, really. They're my stepson's. Uh, because we've always had men, uh, they're my stepsons, and uh, we try to integrate them completely into the family. They're part of the family. Uh, they're part of the neighborhood here. Uh, there's no difference between my own son and a patient from the OPZ. That's a border for us. We've had. A a few patients, and they've stayed as long as possible. Uh, Luke is staying with us now. He's been with us for 14 and a half years now. And uh, according to him, he'll stay the rest of his life. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, just tell but, me, I'm, um, I just wanted to mention to the listeners that um, if you haven't heard the podcast that... Um, I recorded with Jackie Goldstein. She explains more about the legend of St. Dymphna in Giel and the history behind it over the last 700 years in the foster family um, care system. Um, So I'll link to that in the show notes if folks are interested to to listen more to that. And um, I'm curious, Tony, for, for you and your husband, why did you become a foster family? Uh, why? Uh, I think because I myself have always been a foster parent uh, since I got married. Sorry to say the first time. Uh, let's see, that's um, 50 years ago. <laughs> Sorry to say that's 50 years ago. Yeah. And uh, we had a border. Uh, and that was a young student that lived with us. After that, um, my son, my brother's daughter came to live with us, and uh, because her mother had died and uh, at the age of 26, and Linda was one and a half then, my brother couldn't take care of her because he had to work. Uh, she came to us, she stayed with us, and 
she lived with us until she got married. Uh, after that, uh, we moved to Belgium because we lived in Holland at the time. We moved to Belgium and we had our own uh, restaurant and uh, two boys that were working for us had bad luck. Their mother got admitted to a psychiatric hospital. Uh, she was divorced at the time. They were living with their grand uh, grandfather and their grandfather had to go to a nursing home and they had nowhere to stay. So they came to live with us. <laughs> then we moved to Gale. They came with us. And uh, one of those boys uh, went to live on his own, got an apartment, got a good job. And uh, the other stayed with us for a while. But when we came to Gale, uh, our next door neighbor had a border from the OPZ. But she was uh, 84 at the time. And she couldn't really take care of him anymore. And I think Eddie was about um, 32 then. She was 84. But she couldn't handle him anymore. And she didn't really want to anymore. She'd done it all her life. And all of a sudden he left there. It's a very long story. He left to live with his mother again. That was... Uh, close my uh, Gail. But his mother spent all his money, uh, sold all his things, sold all his clothes. He didn't have anything anymore. And when he didn't have anything anymore, his mother said, Eddie, out. And Eddie didn't have anywhere to go anymore. And my husband had said then, when he lived next door to us, uh, Eddie, if the next door neighbor dies or whatever, you can come with, live with us. And he'd never forgotten that. And so he called us and he said, Dear Tony, uh, my mother kicked me out of the house. I've got nowhere to go. Uh, can you please pick me up? Can I come live with you? But it's not that simple as he had thought it was because uh, he had left the OPZ. And, uh, but we did pick him up that evening. That was about 10, uh, 10.30 in the evening. We picked him up and we said, okay, come home with us and uh, go to sleep first and we'll talk about it tomorrow morning. And then we contacted the OPZ and told them that Eddie had contacted us. And at first they said, well, Eddie's not a patient of ours anymore. But we said, what are we supposed to do? And that's our really first contact with the first uh, border we had from the OPZ. But they accepted him back at the OPZ. He became a one of our boarders, because we had known Eddie for about seven years. So it, it, he wasn't a stranger to us. And after that, he did stay for about seven years. 
until he met someone and uh, was in love, wanted to move, wanted to live together, and uh, he loved to come back and live with us. But we've got another warden now, so he's, <laughs> that's tough luck. Uh, but he'd love to come back, live with us. And really, I'd love to have him back uh, because it was a great guy, really. Um, that's how we came in contact with the OPZ, really. Uh, plus that when we moved to Gale, uh, all of our neighbors had boarders from the OPZ living with them at that time. Uh, there were about 3,000 uh, boarders in foster families at that moment. I think there are about 300 now, sorry to say, after 15 years. Uh, no longer, uh, 20 years, I think. Because uh, we've been living here for 14, nearly 15 years. Uh, Lucas with us, 14 and a half, but Eddie was with us seven years before. So a little more than 20 years ago. Uh, I'm sorry to say that uh, the foster families for the OPZ are uh, getting less. Yeah. Sorry. Why, but, why, do you, why do you think that is? Um, the modern way of life. Uh, the man and the woman have to work now. Uh when we started, there were a lot of older people having um, boarders uh, that were either pensioned or had a farm. Uh, the woman was at home, had never worked. Uh, uh, the farmer needed help uh, on the farm, uh, and they had boarders. But nowadays, uh, in modern times, uh, the men and the women have to work to be able to afford a home and a car and whatever. Uh, so there's no one home. If you have a border at the OPZ, there's always got to be someone at home to take care of these people. You can't just leave them at home and go out to work. That's impossible. Uh, and I think that's the biggest problem. Right. Right. That and makes... Go ahead. A lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and because that's been going on for several years here, um, the younger couples, um, they either don't know about the OPZ anymore. If they do know about it, they're not interested because they're both working. They start thinking about it once um, either the husband or the wife uh, becomes without work or whatever. Then they start thinking about that as a solution. But for me, that they think it's a financial solution. But that's something we've never, ever thought about. We want to help these people. And it has nothing to do with finances, because believe me, uh, you don't earn a penny taking care of these people. You get a, 
of course you get some money to take care of them. But that is just enough, is not even enough uh, for the cost that you have. Right, right. So, yeah, so just to, um, it sounds like it was really a cultural thing that happened in in Giel that started from the legend of St. Daphne. And as you Uh, mentioned, it got up to about 3,000 borders and because of it used to be a lot more okay now, i'm just talking about 20 years ago right but uh 50 years ago i think there were about eight thousand. Oh wow and, yeah and that and that's shifted because of the the way that we live our lives today yeah. and that's um right. as you mentioned there is some uh, funding that's provided to help provide care for these individuals. Yeah. Um, and that's a reason that some people do it. Uh, maybe that's not the right reason, but I'm curious for you and your husband, Tony, what yeah. are the benefits that you get today or you've received over the years of having a, a border live in your home? Love. Seeing these people grow, they're able to do a lot more than they were used to. They're very loving. Uh, it's it's just a lot of fun to do. It's it it gives me something, someone to take care of, uh, someone to talk to. And my husband loves joking uh, with our borders. Uh, he's He's crazy about them. And uh, he's always, we've always got someone in the home, uh, not only to help, but to, to help give us a, a cozy home. Uh, my boys, they're married, they're gone. Uh, but now we've still got someone here to take care of and that loves being taken care of, and it gives us a lot of joy, joy and happiness. Uh, by the way, another reason uh, that there are less borders in families, it's not only because of the modern way of life uh, with a man and wife working, uh, but uh, also there are more, there's more care possibilities. Uh, either living on the, their own uh, with uh, someone that checks in on them every time. Uh, there are so many different possibilities. But uh, the foster family plan, as it was and is, uh, is getting less because of that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of really good reasons that you provided why people should think about um, becoming a foster family. Mm-hmm. Why why should someone not become um, a foster family? Not if they think they can earn some money by doing it. So don't do it for money? That's a... Don't do it for money. You have to do it because you want to take care of these people, love these people, have these people in your home and accept them completely as part of the family 
and not uh, have them stay in the room, uh, eat on uh, at a separate separate dining table or whatever. Uh, chase them away when they're not when they're not welcome. They have to be part of the family. If you do it for money, forget it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. That's. I totally agree with you. Um, how do you think your life would be different if you didn't have borders for the last 50 years? Well, we experienced that last week. Luke was on a holiday. He was at sport camp. Um, it was quiet, peaceful. We had a lot more privacy. But one thing that week, uh, but I'm glad he's back <laughs> because you miss something. It was nice to have a week off, if I may say it that way. But I was glad he was back. Uh, have someone to wake up in the morning, someone to complain to, something, <laughs> someone that helps me with small chores if I can't reach things or whatever. Um, but uh, there is a difference. Luke is always at home. Uh, he chose for that, and we did. But most of the uh, boarders that uh, come from the OPZ, uh, they're at the OPZ in the daytime, from the morning, um, about 8.30 in the morning until 3.30 in the afternoon. So the people that do work part-time or whatever, they can do their job, and uh, that's not really a problem because those people are always gone. I think Luke is one of the few that are always at home. He couldn't adjust at the OPZ. Uh, they give him, uh, either they, uh, they let them work in the garden or... Uh, woodworking or in the bicycle shop or uh, handicrafts or whatever. Uh, Luke couldn't adjust there because they were always um, pushing him to do things. Luke needs a lot of, he needs discipline, but at his own tempo. And we know that. But they didn't realize that there, I think. It was always, Luke, come on, hurry up. Come on, it's got to be done. And he hated that. And when I retired, he asked if he could come stay at home all day. So he's been part of our family for, for, for every day from morning till evening, from, from morning to morning yeah. uh, for so many years. And... Uh, it's not really a problem, uh, but he's a type that, if necessary, uh, I can go out and do some shopping and he can stay at home by himself for a little while, not too long. He can't take, uh, he can't uh, make his own food or whatever. He can't stay away all day. But if I have to do a little shopping or so, it's no problem because he's always busy in the yard here. Mm -hmm. We've got a, an awful large garden and he loves working in it at his own tempo and, and it's just fine. 
Yeah, so Luke finds his own way to to contribute, and it sounds like the compassion and love and companionship that Luke brings into your your life and your husband life husband's life outweigh the 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 reduced privacy or maybe the the additional busy busyness that it adds into your your household, Tony. And yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious. Over the years, what are some of the things that you've personally personally learned from your borders, or maybe even ways that you've personally grown um, from your borders? I think understanding. Uh, uh, we've learned to understand how these people think, uh, what they want, what they expect. Um, and we've learned to understand how to cope with that. I think that's uh, that's very important. Uh, you can't just um, think you, we're having a border, welcome to our home, but we'll live our life we, as the way we always did. That's impossible. You've got we both got to adjust. We we had to adjust to Luke. He had to adjust to us. Now, I'm just talking about Luke. Uh, but the form of orders is really the same. You've both got to adjust. It's got to be 